fluorocarbon, superline, braid, nylon, mono, call it what you want. It's all references to fishing line. It's one of the most important details in your fishing tackle system. And we're going to talk about all of the above on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. All right, guys, thanks for joining us on uh, this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. As that said, I'm Chad Lachance. I do appreciate it. Fishing line. It sounds so simple. It used to be so simple. It's not so simple these days. It's something that we spend, we as guides uh, here at Fishful Thinker, spend a lot of time servicing, working on, choosing, uh, experimenting with all of the above. And I've spent time even traveling all the way to Iowa to go visit the factory where Berkeley, who is the largest producer of fishing lines in the country, uh, see how they make it, meet with the people that test it uh, in the factory, meet with the people that, that uh, manage the product lines in general so that we can understand why each lines have features and advantages. Uh, all of that kind of thing. It is these days, a huge topic amongst anglers. And one thing I want to throw out right away, we're less than two minutes into my podcast, there's one thing I want to point out. We aren't going to agree uh, across the board on what line is best for what. Various anglers have uh, different uh, opinions, let's just say, of what line is better for what things. And it may depend on how you fish, how what your rod preferences are, um, you know, where you fish, things like that. It's going to make a difference. So understand that... This is not a universal answer that I don't have the only answer. There's lots of them out there. So the, what I'm going to do is really talk about the features of each line that are built into each line and the and, and what advantages and disadvantages they give you as an angler. And I'll, and I'll tell you right off the bat that no, no one style of line, no one uh, material of line is 100% better than any other. They each have advantages and disadvantages. So we'll go through each one of them. Now... Most popular by a large margin is nylon monofilament. Uh, you guys know it as mono. Um, it's made out of nylon, and it's been the most popular, at least in the modern area, for a very long time. Nylon is um, a couple key things that make it a, a weaker line than others. It is the least durable by a large margin of any of the kind of fishing line you can buy, which is okay because it's also the least expensive. So if you consider the cost of line over the course of a year, you might find that that less expensive mono, when you first walk into a sportsman's warehouse and you see it on the wall, you think, oh, this one's only eight bucks and, and that super line over there is 15 bucks. Well, but you're going to go through twice as much of that nylon and you'll end up in the same spot in the first place cost-wise. So keep that in mind. Why does it wear out? Nylon monofilament wears out for a couple of key reasons. One, it is not UV uh, friendly. If you leave your rods out in the sun for any extended period of time, the, the UV, the solar powers will deteriorate the line and it will do it relatively quickly, surprisingly quickly. Uh, another way that you can ruin your nylon monofilament is through the continuous process of getting it wet and drying, wet and drying. And obviously that's a critical part of fishing. We can't avoid that, but we have to keep it in mind when you are considering the maintenance of the line because what, what happens is that nylon over time will absorb water and the process of getting wet and dry and wet and dry will also break the line down and it will become more and more brittle. Um, another thing about nylon is it's stretchier than other lines. It's the stretchiest by far. 
which can be both good and bad, and we'll talk about what stretch does for you here in a minute. But when it has been heavily stretched, you will notice it'll start getting kind of haggard looking. Uh, it won't lay nice and flat, or it won't even lay in the nice even coils that, that you know, the memory, I should say, as you would want to put it, where it's come off the reel. It will lay kind of haphazard on the water or on the ground. That's because it has been stretched, and, and enough times of stretching it will make it weak as well. Monofilament will return to its natural length or very close to its natural length um, if it is stretched, but the flip side of it is it still loses a little bit of strength each time. So for me, if I'm using a rod with very much intensity, monofilament is going to get changed out once a week, once every, you know, a tournament, a hardcore tournament bass guy on a, on a monofilament rig bite where he's catching a bunch of fish will change it every single day um, somewhere in between is the right answer but at the end of the day you have to keep in mind that nylon gets old quick and you have to keep that in mind one easy way to test it i'll tell you is to just tie a simple overhand knot tie a plain old overhand knot in it pull that knot tight and then pull it and break it what you'll find out is after you've done that a few times is you can take 15 pound nylon and and put an overhand knot and break it very easily at that knot. The more brittle the line is, the easier it'll break at that knot. So my recommendation is, is to test it when it's brand new and you'll get a pretty good idea with your hands of how much force it takes to break it. Then as it starts to wear out, you can keep tying that same overhand knot down at the end of the line and pull on it and see what happens. And if it breaks a bunch easier, it's probably time to change it. The other thing is if it starts getting cloudy looking or is giving off any sort of a powdery or dusty feel to it, Definitely you want to change it out. Uh, very important to do that. The advantage of nylon monofilament, or a couple of the advantages of nylon monofilament, besides the fact that it's the least expensive, at least in the short run, is that it, it floats. So if you're fishing any sort of a topwater presentation or very high in the water column, you want your line to hold your bait up or certainly not pull your bait down, then monofilament's an excellent choice. Um, it's also easy, comfortable to cast and play with, whereas some things like braid can be a little bit trickier or less comfortable to, to, to deal with in terms of the way they knot and their jarringness to fish with and their noise to fish with and the potential for leaders and a few other things. Monofilament basically gets you away from the vast majority of that stuff, and that's that can be very important as well. It can be simple and quick to fish with. It, it holds knots well. Just about any kind of knot you want to use on, on monofilament works really good, and it works for a wide variety of presentations. In most scenarios, I recommend if, if, if Joe Average is out there here in this podcast and he's like, well, man, I only have one rod and I only want one line, most of the time, I'm going to tell people to go straight to, to monofilament, nylon monofilament, in the appropriate pound test. Keep it fresh. Keep your reel spool and keep it fresh. And you'll be, uh, you'll be just fine. That will work for the overwhelming majority of the things you, you want to do with it. So um, the fact that it's stretchy makes it excellent for trolling as well because your 3,000-pound boat is moving along at 2 miles an hour and a 18-inch a walleye grabs a bait at the back of it. It's literally just going to jerk him along no different than if he was sitting still and you hit him with the car, right, or hit him with the boat. It's, it's a lot of force on that fish. So the, the monofilament being stretchy will dampen the amount of force being applied to the, to the hook buried in that fish's mouth and therefore less chance of pulling the hook out or straightening a hook or anything like that. 
The other thing about it is any bait that you're casting and retrieving at a high speed has the same effect of trolling. If I'm retrieving a bait quickly, I tend to, a lot of times, will gravitate to monofilament because for the same reason. It will cushion the hook set. Uh, it will cushion the bite, so to speak. Um, the other thing that's very good is it at something like a spinner bait or a buzz bait that's close range around cover. If you're a bass fishing guy and you're roll casting a spinner bait around cover, uh, something like 20, say 17 to 25 pound nylon monofilament, like Trilene XT, something like that, is an excellent choice. It's very abrasion resistant, very abrasion resistant. It's a little bit stiff, which means it's a more controllable, and that's perfect on a casting gear. It's very steerable and controllable, and it will cushion those big close range hook sets where you got to hit a fish hard enough to turn his head towards you because you're around heavy cover. And if you don't, that bass is going to bury back in whatever cover you just drew him out of with your spinnerbait. So it's a good for that uh, application as well. Where it is not a good application, that where the stretch will hurt you, is if I have to make long range hook sets that I'm from something I'm casting. Let's say I'm taking something like a. Uh, you know, a, a Berkeley Bullet Pop, and I've got it on, say, 10-pound nylon Trilene XT. Well, if I throw it way out there, and then I get a fish that bites it, particularly maybe an average-sized fish, I don't have as much hook-setting ability because of the, the stretch is somewhere in the 10% range. And I used to win that bet at Sportsman's Warehouse with people all the time when I worked there. I can take your your 10-pound Trilene XL, and I can make it. I can make a 10-foot piece of it 11 feet long without any problem at all and just stretch it out and it will return most of the way to its natural length as well. Uh, you can't do that with any other type of line. It will break before you do it or you just flat can't stretch it and you'll cut your hands up or whatever the case might be. But the a long range hook set is not a good choice or monofilament is not a good choice for really long range hook sets. That's a negative unless it is continuously retrieved where the resistance of the fish is going to help you with that. So that's my nylon thing. Where do I use it most? Personally, in my own angling, nylon, uh, like I said, 17 to 25 pound test is going to do almost all my work with any sort of a spinner bait or a buzz bait. Um, sometimes I'll do it with uh, something like a walking bait, like a, like a, I don't know, a jaywalker or something like that. Or another one would be a would be something like a chapo that I'm retrieving. A lot of times I will throw those on nylon, on heavy nylon. Uh, and the reason being I'm retrieving the bait, um, it's a little bit cushioning for my treble hooks and things like that. I also might use it in a four or six pound test range for something like a beetle spin or an inline spinner for small to average trout or maybe panfish, uh, crappies, bluegills, something like that. Again, because it's soft, particularly crappies are known for being quote unquote paper mouse, people call them, very, very lightly constructed faces. Very soft hook sets will help you with that. So there I'll throw, I'll throw monofilament. But that's about it these days. Mono probably sees 20, 25%, maybe 30% of my total fishing. And that's about it. And that's not really congruent with what the rest of the country does. Um, mono is still most popular nationwide. And like I said, if I'm picking one, I'm probably picking that for Joe Average. But at the end of the day, um, it's not the one that I fish the most. Conversely, the one that I do fish the most is some sort of a superline. And superlines are not all the same. You may have heard them referred to as braid or fireline as a generic term, or I've heard people call them spider wires, generic term, in the same way you're calling Kleenex uh, or calling a tissue a Kleenex. It's a brand name. Spider wire or fireline or 
X5 braid or, you know, Dura braid or Stren braid or any of the other braids that are out there. There's a bajillion different kinds of, of super lines out there. Each one is constructed basically of the same basic style of material, some sort of a Spectra or Dyneema fiber, the same kind of fibers that are used to make bulletproof vests and things like that. Uh, that's what they're made out of. Now, the differences come with how they are fused together. In almost all cases, there's, it's a whole bunch of small fibers put together into one piece of fishing line. So the easy way to think about some of them is by the actual number that's on them. So in other words, Berkeley makes X5 and X9 braid. Both of those have a single fiber running up the middle of the line, and then they have either four or eight, respectively, other fibers braided around the outside of them. They, that's one construction style. Another construction style would be something like a thermally fused fire line where all the fibers are linear in the same direction and then they are thermally fused together, which makes a molecular bond and holds them all together into one big piece of line that way. In short, the way a heavy piece of, of any sort of super line is made up is by adding up all the small pieces of, of, of various filaments that come together to make, uh, make the overall line. Now, from there, they start to differ. Uh, the thermally fused lines are a little bit stiffer than the braided lines, okay? But they, they still have their place and their, their um, applications because, in my opinion, they are fantastic for something like a vertical jigging situation. Uh, when you start jigging vertical, a bait hanging straight underneath the boat, um, this, for whatever reason, the stiffness is really good because it'll keep the line from wrapping the rod tip so much. It will provide a very straight line between you and your bait. It, it just lays out very nice and works really well for that. Commercially, if I'm making really long throws, that stiffness will slow, slow down its ability to come off the reel, and therefore it won't be quite as long of casting. So if I really want to cast something a long ways, then I'm going to use a true braid. These days, probably 95% of the of the braided line I use, or, or excuse me, of the super line I use is a true braid of some sort. And in my case, it's it's either uh, spider wire dura braid, X5 or X9, Berkeley X5, Berkeley X9, or spider wire dura braid. And, and the, the reason comes down to exactly how they're named. I like X9 because it has nine filaments, as I already discussed, and they are each smaller, which means the outside of that line is smoother and quieter to fish with. It is very smooth, very supple fishing line. Um, holds knots, any braided line holds knots really well, um, and that can be important. And the X9 and X5 both hold braid, or, or for that matter, the Dura braid, all hold knots exceptionally well. Um, the X5 is five total fibers, but it's the same diameter per a given pound test as is X9. Now that's important because what that tells you is that the, the diameter of each of the five filaments that make up X5 is larger than each of the nine filaments that make up X9. What that means to you as an angler is that X5 is more abrasion resistant. Each fiber is bigger and therefore harder to break, and therefore it is more abrasion resistant than is uh, X9. Having said that, it's noisier and not as smooth. So I tend to prefer X5 on casting tackle in heavier pound tests and X9 on spinning tackle in lighter pound tests. 
And again, as I already mentioned, the only time I'm going to go to a fuse line, like a fire line, a thermally fused fire line, is going to be in vertical applications. I like that line in a vertical applications, a jigging spoon being the most classic example of that, although it works really well on drop shots too. Stuff that I'm fishing basically straight under my boat. Um, I go through miles and miles of 6 to 15 pound X9 on spinning tackle. That stuff has been for several years now. It's been fantastic for us to fish with. Um, it's, it's just very supple. It's, it's, uh, just does a great job. It handles great. It does not have any memory to it, uh, which is classic of most of the super lines. Um, it's just great all around on spinning tackle. Then when I go to casting tackle, I, tend to throw heavier stuff on casting tackle. That's one of the advantages of casting tackle is you can throw heavier baits. Well, I also tend to fish casting tackle around heavy cover a lot more. So bass fishing, pike fishing, uh, maybe saltwater fishing. Then I'm going to go to the X5 because I like the abrasion resistance. If I'm throwing around, uh, around logs and stuff, I don't want a line that's going to get torn up, okay? I want a line that's going to be durable. If I'm fishing around grass, say cattails or whatever, X5 is basically like a little cable saw. You can cut all kinds of grass with it. I took it uh, saltwater fishing on the flats in Florida, uh, fishing for bonefish, and the one thing that happens to you there is fish will make a big, giant, long run out across the flats, and you have turtle grass that grows from the bottom all the way to the surface. Well, the X5 is so abrasion resistant and so rough on the outside that it will cut that turtle grass and basically mow the lawn, so to speak, whereas the smoother the line gets, the harder it is to get through that turtle grass. I'm not advocating you mow turtle grass, but if you're gonna fish around it, it's part of the deal, and X5 Braid does a great job with that. Um, the X5 is also really good for punching mats. You see bass guys that like to do that. You know, you're up in the 50 to 80 pound range. Well, that is fantastic for that. X5 is also really good for frog fishing. Uh, if you're throwing topwater frogs, uh, all the all the super lines float, uh, but they're very thin. They will cut surface film if you need. Uh, I had a long talk one time with Dean Rojas, who's kind of the godfather of, of rubber frog fishing, weedless frog on the surface. He told me he fishes 60 to 80 pound braid uh, for his frogs. And I asked him why so heavy when a lot of the guys threw 30 to 50. And he's just, he came down to controllability. He's like, it's thicker, so it sits on the surface of the water a little bit better, and it's very controllable, and there's no negative to it, per se, because frogs are heavy and easy to throw. There's no negative to the heavy braid. So he throws it recklessly into all kinds of places. He's willing to hook fish in places that are very difficult to get out of. He's got a big, heavy rod and a very heavy hook, so the big braid works perfect for that. So uh, for me, frogging is always done on, on 60 to 80, 65 to 80 pound um, X5 braid these days, and it works really good for that. Now, the last of the lines to talk about, uh, and then we'll go into a little bit of minor rigging things, is fluorocarbon. And fluorocarbon is also a monofilament, meaning that it is also extruded, just like nylon monofilament, although most people don't make that, uh, that differentiation. It's just fluoro to most people. Fluorocarbon does not absorb water, so it's more durable than nylon in that regard. It's also not as sensitive to UV, so it's more durable than nylon in that regard as well. Uh, that density, uh, or excuse me, the, the fact that it's so dense, it makes it sink. And so fluorocarbon, uh, unlike nylon monofilament, fluorocarbon will sink. It is extremely dense. And 
That density makes the line physically heavy, which you will actually notice uh, on, on a reel if you're paying attention, particularly on a high quality rod, like something like a Xenon or something. If you spool that thing with 10 pound fluorocarbon, you can feel the weight difference between that and, and some sort of braided line, like my beloved X9, which is significantly physically lighter, which is interesting. It's kind of a side note, hair splitting thing, but it's, it's worth noting anyway. Fluorocarbon sinks, which means it maintains a very straight line between you and your bait, particularly if it's not something you're retrieving very much. So let's say I'm throwing a jig, okay? I'm gonna throw the jig out and let it go to the bottom. Nylon's gonna resist that, it's gonna float. And so you're gonna end up with a hinge point somewhere where the nylon floats on the surface and then it's gonna have a distinct downturn where it's cut through the surface film and goes down to your jig. You're not gonna have a straight line, which means you don't have as much feel, which, which means you also um, don't have as good of contact or control of where your jig is. Fluorocarbon, on the other hand, sinks, so it's going to go from your rod tip straight down to your jig, whether your jig's moving or not, and you have, you're going to have a more linear approach. That density also means it translates uh, vibration better or transmits. So if a fish ticks one into your line, you're going to feel it better with fluorocarbon on your end of the rod than you're going to with monofilament, nylon monofilament. When it comes to sensitivity, nothing can match braid, and we'll get back to that in a minute, but that can be a negative and a positive at the same time because what people don't tell you about sensitivity is that it also makes the fish more sensitive to you. So that sounds kind of stupid and counterintuitive, but at the end of the day, if a fish picks your bait up and you move the rod without realizing he's there, he's going to feel you just like you're gonna feel him at the other end. So you have to be a little bit careful with that. Fluorocarbon is somewhere in between the two when it comes to that. Fluorocarbon is more sensitive than nylon, but not as sensitive as superline of any sort. Fluorocarbon is also very abrasion resistant, um, although more recent studies have shown it to be not much, if any more, than nylon monofilament. It is certainly more abrasion resistant than any sort of braided line, which why it makes an excellent leader as well. Uh, makes for a very good leader material. Fluorocarbon does, as does, my, as does nylon, whereas braided line, if you get it around teeth, any fish with teeth, it will cut very, very easily. Its tensile strength is through the roof. You can take 15 pound X5 braid and you can pull on that till you're blue in the face and you aren't gonna break it. You can tie knots in it and you can pull on it till you, and it ain't gonna break, period. But if you run it over an edge of something sharp, it's gonna break very easily. Conversely, nylon or fluorocarbon, if you tie a knot in it and then pull hard on it, you can break it at the knot. If it's, it's you, but you rub it on something abrasive, it's not gonna cut it as easy. So each has a strength and weakness there. Uh, fluorocarbon is more abrasion resistant than uh, Superline may be even or slightly better than nylon monofilament. What do I use fluorocarbon for mostly? I fish in the western United States a lot, and that means rock. We fish a lot of rock cover. The thing that I love about fluorocarbon, particularly jig fishing around rocks, uh, which is common for us, is that it... Um, it's got just enough stretch to it that I can pop my jig free from the rock. So it deadens the motion of the jig based on its diameter. In other words, the jig can't sink quite as fast. Even though, even though fluorocarbon sinks, it doesn't sink as fast as obviously a jig head's gonna, and it has a bigger diameter than braided line. So as it sinks, it's going to resist a little bit and the jig's gonna sink slower than it will on pure braided line, which gives me a chance to have a little bit more feel in the rocks for one, for two, the abrasion resistance in the rocks, uh, if it sinks down the rocks and the, and the front leading edge of the line is going to rub on the rocks some. And 
you know, so you'll have the abrasion resistance. And then when you do snag it, which is unfortunate, but it happens, when you do snag it, you can use the old string trick or use a little bit of the pop uh, to get that that unsnagged. And that's a feel thing, but after after 16 years or 18 years of guiding, I can tell you that when I hand Joe Average customer a eight ounce jig on a medium power rod and we start jigging around the rocks, if he's on braided line, he's gonna snag it a lot more and I'm going to have a harder time getting them out of the rocks for him. If I put that same jig on eight pound fluorocarbon, he's not gonna snag it as much. When he does snag it, I can get it out of the rocks a little easier. Conversely, and here's where the negative comes in with fluorocarbon, is its stiffness makes it more prone to tangling. So when I give Joe average, uh, you know, eight pound fluorocarbon instead of say 10 pound braid, he's going to tangle it more than he's going to tangle braid. And I have years and years and years of data to back that up. And so again, each different style has its own strengths and weaknesses. The, a couple of the ways that, that happen around, uh, or that, that can help your situation with the abrasion resistance with, with, a, with a super line, let's say I wanna use a super line, can be a fluorocarbon leader. I do that combination a lot that's getting increasingly more and more and more popular around the country being the the super line to a fluorocarbon leader and then down to your bait from there that fluorocarbon leader becomes a abrasion thing for you bite resistance which is really important um, it's also very good about keeping treble hooks off of your line now this is a a highly debatable thing amongst a lot of people, but a big part of the reason, if I'm throwing a treble hooked lure like a, let's say a hit stick or a stunna or a digger crankbait or something like that, and I have it on straight braid, tied Palomar knotted off straight to the lure, if that lure tumbles in the air, it will uh, for sure tangle in those treble hooks and cause you some crazy knots like you've never seen. If I have a short fluorocarbon leader tied on the end of my line, if it tumbles in the air, it's gonna catch that fluorocarbon. That fluorocarbon is infinitely stiffer than the braid and it's not gonna tie the crazy knots around your hooks that the, that the braid can do. Again, no one line is perfect for everything. If you take braided line and you put a fluorocarbon leader on it, now I've got some of the best features of both of them. I've got the casting distance and hook set ability and sensitivity of the braid. I've got the abrasion resistance and the ease of, of handling treble hook lures of the fluorocarbon. I've also got uh, the visibility of the fluorocarbon. And I didn't touch on that when we were talking fluorocarbons, but fluorocarbon has almost exactly the same light refraction as water. So in very clear water situations, fluorocarbon will hide your line as well. That's, in my opinion, there's only a few applications where that's really an issue, and most of us don't fish where the water's clear enough for that to matter. I think that's overblown. I think people are giving fish too much credit. That's my personal opinion. But I honestly think that in most scenarios, uh, you can tie your braid straight to your, your lure if you choose to do that, and, and the line shyness is not going to be an issue. The other things might be an issue, the, the tangling of your lure or the abrasion might be an issue, but the fish refusing your bait because he saw your line is not probably going to be the issue. I even tested that with bonefish in Florida in absolutely crystal clear water. They can see everything, and I tied straight braid to a jig just to see if they'd refuse it, and they did not refuse it any more than they did with the fluorocarbon leader on the end of it. So, there you have it. 
Nylon monofilament is uh, the most popular in the country. It's the least expensive. It's the least durable. In the long run, it might not be any less expensive because of that. It floats. It's stretchy. Those are two good things or bad things, depending on how you look at them. And it holds knots very well, which no matter how you look at it, is a good thing. Super lines or braided lines, zero stretch, effectively zero stretch, extremely high tensile strength, very small diameter, easy to cast a long ways, very easy to get hook sets from a long ways, and extremely sensitive. Also the most expensive and the most durable in terms of UV or water or anything like that. If you take your super line and you don't tangle it, it'll last for a very long time other than any abrasion it might show at the very tip of the line which you can cut off. Even to the point where I've been known to reverse super line on a reel where I'll pull it all the way out, pull the whole line out, walk to the other end of it, tie it back on the reel and wind it back in backwards because the stuff lasts forever. The, the, the fibers themselves will not break down unless you rub them on something and wear them out that way. Fluorocarbon, um, almost as expensive as braided line, uh, not as durable, although more durable than, than nylon monofilament, uh, denser than water, so it sinks, which is a good thing, invisible underwater, which is also a good thing, and makes excellent leader material uh, as well because of the visibility and keeping stuff off of, uh, keeping um, fish's eyes off your lines, their teeth off your braid, things like that. So. Each has their strengths, each has their weaknesses, and it's a matter of you choosing them. If I'm choosing one for Joe Average, as I said, if I'm just a, a weekend guy, I fish every now and then, not very much, I'm probably going to go ahead and go with nylon. I don't want to have to deal with leaders and things like that. If I'm a hardcore guy, I'm going to choose, let's say I'm a hardcore walleye guy or a bass guy, and I'm making my presentations uh, as, as detail-oriented as possible. In that case, uh, without question, I'm going to use all of the lines available to me and, and, and a lot of times in some combination. Uh, very, very key if you really want to maximize your stuff. And fluorocarbon. When, when, what's my fluorocarbon situation? Uh, for most people, I think it, you need to be relatively hardcore. I don't think that fluorocarbon offers enough advantages over, say, nylon or braid to make it a primary line choice for really just about any anglers in the country. Having said that, I use it on almost all of my crankbait fishing. I use it on a lot of my jerkbait fishing, although not all. I do some jerkbaiting on braid as well. I, do, I probably do more jerkbaiting on braid than I do fluoro, but I do do some on fluorocarbon. Uh, I use tons of fluorocarbon leaders, and I like fluorocarbon for jig fishing around rock because it will pop, you know, pop out of the rocks as we already discussed. So that's kind of in my situation. If you have a specific question about a specific application, I would love to answer those for you, but I need to know what lure you're throwing. When I'm choosing my whole setup, I start by choosing my lure first, look at my conditions and choose my lure. Then I choose my appropriate line, then I choose my appropriate rod, then I choose my appropriate reels. And that's how I always go through it. The less stretch my line has, the softer I want my rod to be. And that's kind of where that comes from. Uh, conversely, the stretchier my line is, the stiffer I want my rod to be. So those are, those are some key things as far as how I go about picking it myself. If you have questions about a presentation, let me know, and I would be glad to throw you my two cents. Again, there are no wrong answers. You can talk to 10 top-level pros, and you're going to get five different answers. Uh, but as, as a general rule, those are the characteristics of the line we talked about. So 
If you guys want to join the conversation on our social media, I'd appreciate that. You can do that at Fishful Thinker on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, for sure, our YouTube channel, we've got tons and tons and tons of educational videos up on the YouTube channel. We are all about education all the time. So we'd love it if you'd check that out. Uh, also, give us a subscribe on this podcast or that YouTube channel. We'd appreciate that very much. And with that, go play with your fishing line. This has been Fishful Thinker, the podcast.